Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing America's late-stage capitalism. Here's what you need to know. Throughout the years, as your trusted alarmist, I have tirelessly poked and prodded tragic events spanning Earth's history. From natural disasters to human failures unfortunate injustices to deliberate scams, isolated incidences to widespread corruption, there is one undeniable truth that must be addressed. We really like to blame capitalism. Whether it makes you cheer for joy or roll your eyes in disgust, that elusive capitalism finds its way to the board, the big slap, or jail time and time again. This issue has been alarming me. I found myself tossing and turning at night, haunted by capitalism's hold on me. Is capitalism the root of all evil? Or does it just get a bad rap? If capitalism is to blame for the world's greatest tragedies, then I had to ask, who's to blame for capitalism? The origin story of the big bad capitalism can be traced back millennia to the humble beginnings of humankind. Theorists argue that capitalism is an expression of natural human behavior and has always been within us. Yet for most of human history, the majority of families were self-employed, working on their own plots of land, or in their own establishments as craftsmen. 
in 14th century feudalism, a class of landowners rented land to tenant farmers. These feudal estates were self-sufficient, producing all the food and supplies for the household. While trading and providing labor for wages had been around for centuries, people rarely depended on them for survival. Local markets existed as a place to bring any surplus goods from your manor. This feudal system laid the foundation for mercantilism in the 16th century, an economic system that emerged as new technologies developed. Instead of only producing goods for your own household, a class of merchants began producing commodities for the sole purpose of profit, and a central market was born. As manufacturing innovations emerged in the 17th and 18th centuries, modern capitalism was born. So what exactly is capitalism? The easiest way to identify a capitalist society is to look at market dependence. Under capitalism, the majority of people depend on the market to survive. Instead of a majority of self-employed farmers or craftsmen, in capitalism, a majority of the population works for someone else's business. These business owners are called capitalists, and the assets they own are called capital. As individuals and families began losing their own access to land and capital, a class structure was created, one where a small group of capitalists control the means of production and the working class, the vast majority who must seek employment from capitalists. Let's take a look at our 17th century capitalist. Hypothetical Genevieve, that's her name. Hypothetical Genevieve owned a sheep farm and hired workers to produce her wool. Every Saturday, Genevieve took her organically dyed, handcrafted wool garments to the market, only to find herself in a sea of other capitalist bosses who were selling their latest wool fashions. In order to beat the competition, Genevieve lowered her selling price to attract customers. She beat the competition and sold out of her product, but the lower cost reduced her profit margin. And so, a compulsion to minimize costs took over sweet, hypothetical Genevieve. She had to maximize the effort of her laborers while minimizing their wages. She didn't push her workers out of inherent greed, but because it was necessary to survive in the market. As she continued to reap the gains of her business, her laborers absorbed most of the cost. Genevieve and her fellow capitalists learned they could acquire wealth and power while her workers faced stagnant incomes, job insecurity, and work fatigue. During the Industrial Revolution, merchants such as Genevieve were replaced by industrial tycoons, launching the world into a new form of capitalism with unprecedented wealth and power for those who owned property and production. Today, Mixed economies with capitalist elements have become the pervasive economic system worldwide. As America and the world reckon with increasing wealth disparity, a deteriorating middle class, and astronomical profits for billionaires, whispers of the fallibility of capitalism have grown into demands for an economic system that prioritizes people, not profits. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. From 1973 to 2016, productivity in America went up by 74%, yet wages only increased by 12.5%. In 2015, a Gallup poll found that 50% of Americans polled felt acutely insecure about their financial situation. And 92% said 
they would give up economic mobility in exchange for economic security. According to Oxfam International, the world's 10 richest men doubled their fortunes from $700 billion to $1.5 trillion in the first two years of the pandemic. If these 10 men were to lose 99.999% of their wealth tomorrow, they would still be richer than 99% of all the people on this planet. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is comedian Jeffrey Elizabeth Copeland. Hi, Jeffrey. Oh my gosh, hello. Uh, We're so excited to have you on the show. Um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about Blackout, your self-written and directed hour-long comedy live show. Tell them more about it and where people can find you in order to get tickets. Yeah, for sure. So Blackout is just the biggest, blackest sketch, sitcom, extravaganza you've been to in your life. It's a good time. It essentially is just like a series of sketches, just each about a different part of like black life or black politics or society or anything, you know, that's funny and current. And it's all woven together by this uh, fictional sitcom called Jeffrey in the House, which is like a (laughs) 90s style show that gets canceled. Mm. And they have, (laughs) (laughs) we're starting high, baby. They have uh, 45 minutes to create the blackest, funniest sketch show or else the show will be canceled. So that's. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The stakes have never been higher. (laughs) (laughs) And where can our, uh, the alarmy find you? Yeah, so they can uh, find all the information about shows and tickets and meet the cast at Blackout Comedy. So that's B-L-A-C-K-O-U-T Comedy, C-O-M-E-D-Y-Y-Y. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Now, Jeffrey, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oh man, that's there's so many things to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to see what you choose. Right. <laughs> I think the thing that's probably uh, most alarming is there was a, a nuclear spill, and I think it was like either Mississippi or Arkansas, and like a there was this this facility that processes like nuclear components or like the stuff that goes into making like nuclear mm. energy, and it leaked into uh, the water supply, Ugh. and. This happened last year, but the citizens of this town didn't find out until like recently, which is highly troubling. And I think just the fact that nobody's really talking about this is is very scary. And, you know, things that involve uh, the environment, particularly black and brown people and poor folks is something that I'm very uh, passionate about. So I think yes. that definitely keeps me up at night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I'm looking this. at this now. Minnesota is where it, where it happened. Four, uh, 400,000 gallons of radioactive water Jesus. that leaked wow. from a nuclear generating plant near Minneapolis. That was in the fall. Oh my goodness. And yeah. we, we're just hearing about it now. <laughs> 2022 news. ABC carried it way back in well, this was March of uh, this year. Oh yeah. So like a month ago. That's terrifying. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to like suck all the fun out of the room. <laughs> well, it's not yeah. going to be do. a super fun episode either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, fun. We don't want it. Yeah. Fun here anyway. I mean, I'm sure that ties into capitalism. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
nuclear energy I money. Mean, well, and it's also like uh, not telling people about the 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 possibility of harm because profit over people. It's classic mm-hmm. corporate cover up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we ju- just dive right we in? Sure because really there's should. a lot to put up on this yeah, board. Let's get into this dirty deed. <laughs> I, we should start off with, by putting 18th century economist Adam Smith. Okay. Just that, that, that feels right. Um, yeah, he invented it. Adam Smith published. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He Adam named Smith. It. Published his Wealth of Nations in 1776, and men began to see the world with new eyes. They saw how the tasks they did fit into the whole of society. Adam Smith's laws of the market said that the drive of individual self-interest will result in competition. Thus, the selfish motivates uh, motives of men are transmuted by co- competitors to yield the most unexpe- unexpected results social harmony that's his take right obviously (laughs) in a perfect world yeah 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 um i was like curious i i don't know much about adam smith i mean i i i knew that i've heard of wealth of nations um and um i i know the connection to capitalism but he was an 18th century scottish economist philosopher an author who's considered the father of modern economics. Smith argued against uh, mercantilism and was a major proponent of laissez-faire economic policies. Uh, In his first book, Theory of Moral Sentiment, Smith proposed the idea of an invisible hand, the tendency of free markets to regulate themselves using competition, supply and demand and self-interest. So all of these are concepts that we now are... Well, experts in <laughs> experts. Yes, us, mm-hmm. the four of us. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess we participate. Yeah, I mean, in the sure. system. In the yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, we don't really have much choice. We have no choice. We, exactly. I, I mean, we do, but it requires a great deal of energy and and social movement to <laughs> change the system if we're not happy with it. You'd also have to probably move to a different country. I've thought about this. Mm. Well, yeah, there's a lot of different things, right? Like there's Amer- what are we looking at here? American capitalism, uh are we looking at the pitfalls, certain pitfalls of capitalism? Uh what are we putting up do you think on the board like as to what's to blame? Like the worst parts of capitalism, the I- sort of the 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 way that it backfires in the most negative way in, in the terms way of how it affects thinking- us. thinking of of phrasing is America's late stage capitalism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so like, wh- Amer- like the shit show we're in now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would yeah. say self interest, as Adam Smith said, has a great deal to do with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam yes. Smith, yeah, and his his we. If that's the case, America's capitalism, Adam Smith is definitely deserves to be up on the board. Mm-hmm. You wanted to put self interest, Clayton. I mean, I think we can't. I, I was just, it was a phrase that he, the term he himself used. And I think that kind of seems to take over in this system a lot self interest when you have, I mean, we can get into it, I guess. But when you have, you have the capitalists who will own all the capital and then you have all the workers who don't own anything and are working for the capitalists, it's the capitalists are interested in capital. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and how wow. do they make as much capital at the expense of the workers? You know, you have to maximize profits and minimize expenses and the expense mm-hmm. are the workers. So it's all, I mean, it, to make a buck, it's all mm, self-interest. I mean, we can put that term up there if you want. Why not? Well, sh- I'm sure we'll fold it yeah. into something eventually. So why don't we talk about the myth of the free market? <laughs> and, the- <laughs> and then we'll talk about human nature. But I think this will help us kind of break it down. This is from The Guardian. Robert Reich wrote, few ideas have more profoundly poisoned the minds of people than the notion of a free market existing somewhere in the universe. Market rules are neither neutral nor universal. They partly mirror society's evolving norms and values, but they also reflect who in society has the most power to influence the market rules. The myth of market fundamentalism is highly useful to those who exercise this power. Oh, this mm. now I'm starting to get angry. <laughs> it's, okay. It's so funny. Uh-huh. It's so funny that you bring up that. Uh is that from uh what is it? Saving capitalism or is, is that what that quote is from? Um it is it's a from an article in The Guardian by Robert Reich. Okay. But it's probably it could be referring to that uh is it a book? Saving yeah, capitalism. It, it, it's mm-hmm. actually I bought this book a few years ago and I oh. read it. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like and I'm not like a big, you know, economy person, but it, the thing that he kind of harps on that I think is really interesting is like, there's no such thing as like actual true capitalism right. because like it's influenced by like, you know, societal forces and like hierarchies and all these things that like America is built on, right. which is like, it'll never work. And I don't, I, I, I'm usually really optimistic and like happy, but like, I think just with the system that we have and like, you know, classism, racism, like it's just not going to work, baby. That's why it requires so much regulation and the, the people in charge are generally, you know, in with the government and are (laughs) getting rid of regulation. They don't want to be regulated. That's the, I mean, I agree. It's like in a perfect world, this system (laughs) works, you know, or it could work. Yeah. But, um, but the, it the tendency towards corruption, human nature towards corruption is always an element. You, you're right. constantly fighting that. It also requires a lot of lying to people, mm. which is exactly what Jeffrey brought up as her big thing that's keeping her up at night. And it, 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 <laughs> yeah. it was just <laughs> just a, a, a reflection, a, a small part of, of the lies being told in order to propel capitalism. Um, It goes on to say, it's no accident that those with disproportionate influence over the rules of the market are also among the most vehement supporters of the free market. Inequalities of income, wealth, and political power continue to widen across all advanced economies. This doesn't have to be the case, but to reverse them, we need to inform public Uh, We need an informed public capable of seeing through the mythologies that protect and preserves today's super rich. So it just made me think of like, I've heard people be like, free market, whatever. Anyone who's pushing free market on you, you should really take a moment to be like, why is this person pushing free market on me? What do they have (laughs) to gain? (laughs) Right? right, and if you're and if you're that person pushing free market, ask yourself what what? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, on? which is that capitalism has also taken on this kind of 
and that we talk about this on the alarmist a lot where words take start to take on a different kind of meaning than they used to now a capitalism is an ideology because if you have any pushback against the broad or some of the speci- let's say specific uh buttresses or ways to combat the pitfalls of capitalism, like, say, a robust social welfare system or uh, organized labor or something like that, what you have is people getting angry about that because of just a an, I, you know, an idealized version of capitalism in their mind that becomes sort of like an ideology. They're just like, I'm a I'm a defender of, of the free market and of capitalism, and I think if you were to, like you just said, Rebecca, ask them what that means, it, they probably wouldn't be able to uh, identify it. However, I do mm-hmm. also want to say, because I hear my brother Steve's voice in my head, in the back of my head, <laughs> <laughs> my brother Steve owns a, owns a, a small business, mm-hmm. and he is a... When we talk about this kind of stuff a lot, he has uh, actually insightful things about the benefits of capitalism yeah steve's not here so we can't count on him (laughs) but but i do want to give a voice to that which is like with capitalism what we have is affordable lifestyle we have cheap products that are readily available we have certain lifestyle that we weren't able to have like say in like the majority of human existence right Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah capitalism yes it's to that's the big for argument. The lifestyle of the class and for the the cheap, you know, the cheaper goods. Exactly. I think your point is really well taken, Chris, because I think the what this, you know, the reaction to this criticism of the system of capitalism points to like the really intense political nature of it. It be yeah. it, it's an economic system, but it's become so political that if mm-hmm. you criticize it, you are one political party, and if you are not, if you are pro, you are the other. And that also just speaks to how much, you know, the system can be corrupted by political influence, by mm-hmm. the capitalists buying their way into, through government influence, benefits that or, or regulations totally. and laws that benefit them. So that's, you know, of course, it's going to become political when you criticize it because it you've turned it into not an economic expression of a group of people, but a political expression. Yeah. It's like Jeffrey was saying, there are, you know, there are people who, um, or rather, there are people who will take advantage of the current state that we live in, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's the, w- the way it's, a, the way it exists right now, it just, it, it, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see him. I don't see him. Well, it's like, do the pros outweigh the cons, I guess, right? I That's guess. Kind of like, you, you If decide. you're rich, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I think it, can I say Chris, 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 Christopher, Chris, Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris, Chris. Mr. Chris, Chris. I do not call him Mr. Chris. No, we will die if you do that. Uh, Steve's brother. Yes. Yes. Of like, you know, I am grateful for some of the things that like capitalism has given me, right? Like I love going on trips and like having cheap products, but like, I don't know. I think like there's also like a really gross underbelly that kind of happens and that like even I'm unaware of like all the terrible things that it is bred and like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, happens from like people trying to be employed in our country and like working and being a part of the system and then those people being kicked out and then needing a home and then like being, you know, sent over in trucks and then the 
buildings being burned where they're staying at at the border. Like all of these terrible things that happen from capitalism. You know what I mean? But I love a vacation. So like, what do you do? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. And and yeah, my point in saying just sort of espousing some of the benefits was just to say. No, exa- yeah. Exactly like you're saying. Yes. It's a broad category <laughs> well let's that's hard let's put human yes. nature up on the board yes let's human do nature. put human nature up on the board <laughs> this is from uh nick dabrinsky's human nature it's up to us believers in capitalism tend to hold the view that it's human nature to be primarily greedy self-interested and competitive writer ayn rand wrote the moral justification of Capitalism lies in the fact that it is the only system consonant with man's rational nature. Mm. Albert Einstein argued that people are both self-interested and group-interested by nature, but that the system of capitalism promotes the selfish side. If people Mm. are shaped by life and life is shaped by a greed-perpetuating system of capitalism, then people will be inclined to behave in a manner in accordance with that system. Sure. A capitalist may claim that it's us humans who have created the system and therefore it's uh, obviously our nature to be greedy, self-interested, and perhaps also self-destructive. From a socialist perspective, it's actually the nature of very few to be greedy, those who are in power. Interesting. I mean, Yes, Clayton? (laughs) Clayton, does it lie within? This human, yes. I... Come on. <laughs> we are inherently, we but are you, beasts. We are yeah, wild yeah, animals. I, like, I, I mean, I, we may be sophisticated now. We may have set up a system so that, but like I've said, there's that thin, thin line between like civility and absolute chaos. It does not take much. And that's why, you know, you watch a movie where one little thing goes wrong and suddenly everyone's shooting <laughs> everyone else and destroying all of the goods. This is <laughs> Don't trust off. any strangers. <laughs> like, even if you're in a group, you only trust that group. It's self-interest of the group or or the individual. Like, that. that is, I, I think it's like a survivalist that's trait the way that's we in are. us. It goes back to, like, our Neanderthal days. Like, I, I do think that a big, to me, like, capitalism is, like, the economic expression of our human like natural traits i do understand that point i do understand it because i do share in that point as well but here's my question do you think it's possible that we can make choices yes that will put us in positions where perhaps greed isn't at the forefront Yes, I As think a society. we are capable of really terrible things and we are capable of really wonderful things and we're always fighting our inner demons and that is why we that is why something like regulation I think is so important <laughs> because we are absolutely trying to create a better system but there are always going to be people who want to game the system mm. who are you know who err towards uh, corruption or like a crony capitalism like yeah. that's just like natural so you need as a collective we have to keep reminding ourselves like we are all like this is all for the benefit of society like this is a group effort so we have you have to regulate because you just have to assume that you're going to be people are going to be taking advantage and breaking the laws and you just have to keep it in check so i do think yeah of course you can make those decisions it just requires but the difficulty about it is the people who you're fighting are usually the ones who have gained most of the money and have most of the power and in the influence. 
So you're fighting an uphill battle. Right. Yeah. Therein comes history. And <laughs> I'm trying to figure a, a, a transition, but I also want to put slavery up on the board. And I think it's connected to this as well. Mm. Um, this is from PBS. By 1830, one million Americans, most of them enslaved, grew cotton. Raw cotton was the most important export of the United States. We cannot know if the cotton industry was the only possible way into the modern industrial world, but we do know that it was the path to global capitalism. We do not know if Northern America could have grown rich without slavery, but we do know that industrial capitalism emerged from the violent cauldron of slavery, colonialism, and the expropriation of land. After the Civil War, a new kind of capitalism arose, yet the new capitalism had been enabled by the profits and institutions that emerged, emerged from slavery, colonialism, and land expropriation. The legacy is still with us today. The great inequalities, both domestically and internationally, that characterize the world we live in are at least partly the result of capitalism's long and violent history. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, especially when you're talking about American yes, we're, we, we, wealth and, we and are, capitalism, right? which is what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. I also would, uh, we should include in this the genocide of um, Native Americans. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that is to be included Throw in this. Throw that in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. land extortion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's something that I was thinking like this whole time, right? Like, and which is why I kind of low key feel like even with all of the regulations and restrictions and laws in place to help make sure it's fair, right? Like, and there is capitalism for the many, the whole system is fucked, right? Mm. Like where everywhere from like coming in and like, oh, America is so prosperous and successful because of our base and because of where we started, because we, you know, pushed all of these people off of their land and intentionally killed them and then totally changed the trajectory of the world by taking a whole group of people and mm-hmm. putting them someplace else and like even when you look at you know the 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 chinese immigration rush and how they built ro- railroads and helped build the system that we've all benefited from mm-hmm. and they never got their just dues right like mm-hmm. i think that it will never stop <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. as long as we have a capitalistic system and i don't know what that means but i'm i'm grateful that you brought that up because i think it's like such an important like part of the conversation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I agree. And I, I feel like it's just the people who have, nobody wants to lo- lose what they have. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. It, 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 whether or not they feel like they were given that or earned that equitably, it, it's right. like the thought of having to give up what you have, the fear of what's on the other side of that. To me, I, I, I guess this goes back to like the human nature. Like we all take what we can. And mm-hmm. it's ours, so we want to hang on to it. You know, it doesn't matter how we got it. It's just this is what we deserve. <laughs> and it's complicated. Look, I mean, I thinking about like holding on to what we have. I uh, my my family is Cuban. They left mm-hmm. Cuba uh, after a Castro, you know's regime. They mm-hmm. left every, you know, they they're the they're the stories of people who like literally locked their door, locked the door to their house, and have n- never been back right left everything businesses uh houses um and had to start over right what is that fear and and there's a lot of people who fear because 
you know, I, I feel like in the twenties, the, the idea of 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 socialism and communism became very popular, um, and that was, I think, understandably a response to the trajectory of 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 capitalism, and like you said, Clayton, there will there will always be people who will take advantage mm-hmm. of whatever system is in place. So, yeah. and I think also it's hard to like come to a economic system without like being like in a very neutral way. I feel like you're often being, ex- you know, it's being explained to you by, by someone's bias, you know, like someone's going to talk to you about capitalism with their angle, yeah, you know, whether right, they're pro right. or against, and someone's going to talk about social, and they're going to emphasize things that are really negative or positive about right. it, depending on what they're. So it's hard to like really. I think we, but we I will don't... say, like even even like socialism, communism, it all goes back to the shit show that was even before, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, this is just directly related to to Cuba, but like, why was the idea of communism so popular? Well, so many people were struggling, poor, literally. struggling, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, needed mm-hmm. education, needed housing, and, and and the regime in place was definitely very corrupt. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a window and someone took advantage of it, sadly, but the problem was there. Right. <laughs> I'm going to put corruption on the board, just that that word. Do it. We, we don't have it up there yet. I think it needs, it deserves a place. Is corruption, well, maybe we should move on to the next sort of uh, segment yeah. we were going to talk about, but I was just sort of popped into my mind. Is corruption, is, is there capitalism without corruption? I mean, no. <laughs> but <laughs> there's, I think there's, there's degrees of corruption. You yeah. know, like there's, I th- they call it like crony capitalism, which is when, you know, like the politics are like super tied up into right the actual ec- economic system. But I feel like there can be a degree of capitalism where you have, I, I, I guess, and this is where it's like conservatives will criticize you need the free market because if there's too much government regulation mm-hmm. that can actually really like stifle and like that's not a bad argument it's like finding the balance like how do you mm-hmm. find the balance where there's enough freedom where people can you know capitalists can invest and make decisions and investments without feeling it's too risky at the same time how do you do that in a way where they can't totally take advantage of the system and underpay and overwork and mm-hmm. you know I mean, what you look at the system now and you look about like the distribution of wealth and how many people, you know, like the, it's clearly, it's not, it's <laughs> not working. It's not, it's not regulated enough. Well, I, I let's, let's re- reiterate this, uh, fun fact in, in, uh, 10. Okay. What, here it is. According to Oxfam International, the world's 10 richest men doubled their fortunes from 700 billion to 1.5 trillion in the first two years of the pandemic. Uh, If these 10 men were to lose 99.999% of their wealth tomorrow, they would still be richer than 99% of all the people on this planet. No way. Is that (laughs) true? It's so insane. It's so... (laughs) I okay. saw the, yeah, go on. Yeah, let's talk. Let's put up democ- uh, democratic complacency, which equals <laughs> it's it's this is a <laughs> uh, an equation. Democratic <laughs> complacency equals a concentration of power. 
It's just kind of what you were talking about, Clayton. Um, Brookings, this is from Bro- uh, Brookings, uh, an article called Broken Capitalism. It turned out to be a terrible mistake to assume that capitalism and democracy naturally go hand in hand. It is simply wishful thinking to believe that some deep natural processes drive liberal causes. They have to be fought for over and over and over again. A free society requires institutions and cultures that keep power in check. If economic power can be readily turned into political power, we should be wary. Democracies have to be constantly patrolling the borders between different sources of power. Muscular regulation is often required to ensure genuine uh, competition. But all too often, the political right has a knee-jerk reaction against regulation, and the political left has a knee-jerk reaction against competition. A competitive free market is a good thing, but like tabby cats, it does not exist in the wild. Democratic political systems and capitalist economic systems share an important and attractive feature of diffusing power. When every vote counts equally, politicians are obliged to serve the people. When every dollar counts equally, Companies are obliged to serve the people, too. Capitalism works best when it acts to disperse power less well when it tends towards concentration, which is kind of what where we are today. The, the, what I was trying to say earlier is like, and I think this was something that like Clayton had mentioned, like in theory, like it sounds really good and like it can work. But I it it just seems like to your point, like, how do you regulate people that like intimately right Right. so it's like a free hand like an invisible hand like how is that possible because it seems like those two things are like not in the same family at all and Mm -hmm. i think like somebody had brought this up like just with our human nature like if as long as humans are still humans whether it's like a liberal or a conservative or an independent or whomever mm-hmm. like i think it's it's going to be shitty i feel so sad saying you said you were an optimist earlier yeah i, I usually am i'm usually the person who's like it's going to be okay I think Jeffrey just I, I'm glad that you used the word intimacy because I think another part of this is that it's so big, right? Like yeah. trying to regulate the system, all um, so many factors and components and people and systems and government moves so slowly. Like we're trying to respond to bad actors who are acting much faster. But like it's a I think that kind of speaks back to what you were just saying, Rebecca, of this democratic complacency, where it seems like such a big problem that's never going to get fixed that people mm-hmm. just kind of throw their hands up and they're like, whatever. So they don't vote. They don't participate. And that is like the downfall of it, right? Because it's like, that's when you should lean in. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you thought to yourself, I just need to juke the system and m- figure out a way to make a lot of money? <laughs> like, how many times have you seriously Thought, th- Why are there casinos at- like wherever they are allowed to be and people flock to them because they can win that big jackpot? Sure. But like also uh, how 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 do, um, you know, the, the some of the biggest, richest people in our country have all figured out ways to juke the system and make it work for them. Right. Versus. Like, why is that the only way forward in our society? Why can't we just be like, you know what? I'm going to just work with the system and I'm going to do a good job and I'm going to make a lot of money. 
Because I'll be okay. money is king. That's why. Because the people mm-hmm. who have all the money can pay the best people who know how to help them keep all of their money. Money talks. That is why. You have all the power and resources. Like, why is Trump not in jail yet? Because he supposedly is so rich and he can hire all these good people to just kind of delay and bring lawsuits and slow everything down. Like, the average man or woman, they they don't have time for that. They don't have the money, the resources for that. Mm -hmm. They're just playing by the rules because they think everybody else is supposed to be playing by the rules. But the people up top are like, no, I'm going to game the system as much as I can to keep as much as I can for as Uh long as I can. Okay, so how about a system that can be gamed? Mm. Is that a good thing to blame? <laughs> yes, I like that. Gameability. Yeah. Let's well, call here, it gameability. The, sure, I was going to put up, and uh, this is connected, I was going to put up a bot government. this is from climate and capitalism what keeps a free market free historically the government as a servant of the people has been the enforcer of rules necessary to restrain the market from behaviors which lead to undesirable social outcomes however corporations use their vast wealth to buy influence in government in 2011 in the united states the largest 30 corporations spent more on lobbying the government than they spent on taxes. Between 1998 and 2008, the U.S. Bank's banking sector spent $3.4 billion lobbying for deregulation, reduced capital requirements, and avoiding the regulation of derivatives. Now, I don't know half of the words in that (laughs) sentence, but I know that that's a lot of money for... That could be spent otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Look, it's like Clayton was saying earlier. Capitalism cannot be separated from politics Mm -hmm. because in order to Because politicians are bought. Yes, you have to have power. And in this country, that you gain power by putting your hand in politics. And also corporations are somehow people. And corporations have a lot of influence they're the biggest people in our country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish like, we could take a video of uh, Jeffrey's face during all this. <laughs> just, like, just not having it. Just a companion piece of her face. <laughs> just going, uh, uh. Yeah, the optimist. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. We need to do some zip zaps uh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're in. running out of time, unfortunately, for a zip zap zop game. Uh, and also, I, I, I do. You know, a lot of people, a lot of the alarmy out there when I posed the question who we should put up on the board, everyone had a lot of opinions. Mm. A big one was Alexander Hamilton mm. as okay. one of our, up. you know, founding fathers who <laughs> was big, big on uh, capital markets. Okay. One of his greatest achievements came as Treasury Secretary. He was confronted by an economically weak and fractious nation. He nationalized the debt, binding the states together and creating the fluid capital markets that are today the engine of world capitalism. He was the work he was working at a time when many around him had an entirely static view of economics. Um, so you know, this is a lot of pro Hamilton stuff. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the the actual title America's late stage capitalism and I I feel like um I want to throw up lack of like with that in mind like a lack of meaningful regulation up on the board just to be more specific hmm. um are we just throwing throwing things up on the board yeah, if you've got something else you feel like is to blame this for is America's your time. late stage capitalism all right hear me out here okay 
I want to throw up the word billion. Okay. I think I think it sounds too similar to million. Mm. Okay. And I think that that confuses people okay. because people conflate the two. They think, oh, someone has a billion dollars. That's kind of like having a million dollars. And I think that's not absurd. Dangerous. And I and, and I want to I want to like I think that this if people understood the difference between a million and a billion, which is basically what I'm you know what what the impl- implication here is that like we allow for billionaires to exist. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. we don't, or rather we don't, you know, uh, tax them in a way I feel like we should. Um, but if people understood the difference between a million and a billion, and I want to explain the difference so okay. that you understand it better. Hit us, Chris. A million seconds is 11 and a half days. That's basically like... That's, yeah, Monday that's a lot. Monday. That's a vacation. That's a, a great, a, a good is, chunk of a vacation. It's mm-hmm. like a decent vacation. <laughs> yeah. Like a good... I'd yeah. like to take a million seconds yes. next <laughs> week. Okay. Yeah. That feels luxurious. Feels okay. like a nice luxurious great. How long are you traveling? A million seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a billion seconds okay. is 31.7 years. Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. Now and that seems excessive. If you're... Of dollars. <laughs> No, no, no. So th- yeah, I, just, yeah. I so, just want everyone to let that no, sink in. It's crazy. I'm a, I'm going to take a vacation for 31 years. years. Is we- very different than <laughs> 11 days. You're, you're retired. <laughs> if you're taking and... a billion second vacation, you're retired because you can. Wow. I, you know, Chris, I remember the other thing I was going to say. Money. I just want to put money on the board. Mm-hmm. I think. And here's... An, I, I, Money as a moniker for status, I feel like, and maybe this just goes back to human nature, but I just feel like we are obsessed with ourselves (laughs) (laughs) and everyone wants the best of the best things and the most of the most things. And so if money taught, if money is the most important thing, or maybe it's the importance that we place on cash, but -hmm. if it's the most important thing, I mean, I don't think it is, but we've decided there's like this weird understanding, like money kind of runs the world. Naturally, everyone's going to try and get as much of it as they can mm-hmm. at the expense of others. Money, it just hit me. It's like money should be something that's like actually kind of annoying to have in your house, <laughs> right? Well, now it's all just so digital. If, if, it, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't like, yeah, if it wasn't digital or like a little piece of paper, but like if money was like the size Nets. of a little knickknack. No, and you just, oh, here's a dollar. Well, you're collecting oh, you money to, like, yeah, and you have to hold it in your it. house and you have to store it. At a certain point, wow. you're going to be like, I need to get rid of some of this money because I need space. <laughs> like, I, I can't <laughs> that's, have. <laughs> that's incredible. I it, love it's that just idea. too small. I'm going to say, it's I'm too gonna, small. I'm going to title it The Influence of the Almighty Dollar. Mm-hmm. All right. Unfortunately, we have to start knocking things off the board. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get to it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hit us, Chris. Okay. Who is to blame for America's late-stage capitalism? Is it 18th century economist Adam Smith? Self-interest? The myth of the free market? Human nature, slavery, genocide of Native Americans, corruption, democratic complacency equaling a concentration of power, gameability, a bought government, Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> lack of meaningful regulation, the word billion, <laughs> or the influence of the almighty dollar. A lot of stuff here. And I, there, nothing is jumping out at me as being like the easy one to take off. I feel like we can fold a few things into each other, like self-interest in human nature. I feel like there's a... Sure. I, I say do self-interest into human nature. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, I I love putting an actual person in jail, but I think in this case, capitalism is such a big idea. Mm-hmm. That I I don't think it's not just one on man, one one person on Adam Smith or Adam Alexander Smith or Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. I agree, they're just Sadly. using it. Slippery. Those guys, they just got out. I mean, someone's right. gonna people who suggested Adam Smith, they're gonna be mad at that. But I also just feel like he he named what people were doing right. Like mm. he didn't. True. Right. Yes, it's evolved. He didn't come from up with like, a con- the. Co- yeah, the it went from feudalism concept. to mercantilism to capitalism, and yeah, it's yeah. all it's evolved. But like you know, this is just what's happening, right? Right. And now, what do we do? Hmm. Gameability maybe folds into a bot government. Yeah, I feel like now we try and take off some of the things that are just an expression of capitalism versus a mm-hmm. cause. Mm. What do you think, Jeffrey? Yeah, I it, it's a hot take, and I'm gonna listen to this podcast. I'm gonna punch myself in the face. <laughs> okay. Like, here's the thing, right? right? Like slavery existed before Christopher Columbus, and you know, terrible right. that uh, is true. people came to Africa, right? Like slavery existed yeah. as a form in Africa. So I don't necessarily think that it is to blame for capitalism. I think you know something that Rebecca said is maybe it's like a symptom of capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. It's like enslaving other people for your benefit, but right. it's you know, I, I think it's fucking terrible, but I, I don't necessarily think that slavery created capitalism. Right. You know what I, mean? I do. Th- I, I agree. I think it's an expression of it. And I do think like it's going on in different forms today. Like it's certainly not as brutal as it was before, but you have people who live paycheck to paycheck who are getting paid. They're undervalued. They are not getting paid that like the true dollar amount. That is the value of the work that they're giving. And that is like a form of being enslaved to this yes just you know, to, to the work you know right. living literally hand to mouth or i will say though 
slavery and the genocide of, of Native Americans um, and the exploitation of Native Americans uh, has led us to America's late stage capitalism. Sure. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. These people were stole wealth and then they pass it on to generation and generation and they feel entitled to it and they don't realize the actual roots of like how that power was just totally robbed. So like, would we be here without it? That's the question. Mm -hmm. We'll think about it. Would America be as capitalist? Let that simmer for one second. Myth of free market. I, I do think we should keep that up there. Human nature, we're keeping that up there. Corruption and uh, democratic complacency and a con- concentration of power equals a concentration of power. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like that bo- folds into a bot government. Because yeah. just the fact that it can be bought is a problem. Yeah, yeah that's true. I guess mm-hmm. that's true. Sure. Uh, okay. So we're folding corruption and democratic complacency into... As just a lack of meaningful re- regulation that falls into a Bach government. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Be interesting to hear a uh, expert. <laughs> this is here. where ex we we're, we're we this is the point of the experts. podcast where we're like, oh, I wish I had an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I want to just. I think we can remove the myth of the free market, which mm. I because again I feel like. It is not the cause of capitalism. It is just a a symptom or a reality of, of mm. capitalism. I think there are greater influences that are... Um, it helps perpetuate capitalism. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's what... It's not the cause. It's what the people who are buying the government are relying on to sell you know, you know right. to the people. Like, free market, free market. It's the best thing for you. It's going to keep prices low. It's going to, like stir innovation you know like it's how you sell it mm-hmm. but then you have the the rest of us who are like hello you're being lied to <laughs> <laughs> okay let's take it off i also think we can take off the influence of the almighty dollar sure because if it's not the dollar it would have been something else i guess gold True. was it at the time uh wow but i, will I think say- that just speaks to our human nature Going back, mm-hmm. whatever it would have been, it would have been the Almighty. Yeah. And I feel like it's not billion, <laughs> but it's it's the misunderstanding of what a billion amounts to. Yeah, I think Chris, I really appreciate that you bring it up because I think we have to constantly remind ourselves how big of a number that is and how gross it is that we exist yep. in a world where literally nine, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the population is like just getting by and then it's like the 1% and the 0.01% that have yeah all of the nation's wealth. I, and it's I, absurd. I, it's a rebrand, right? Yeah. It's we go from billion like we should call it um a a shock or a shocking <laughs> of money. This guy has six shockings of money. <laughs> Again, I want to reiterate 10 10 men in this world Went from seven hundred billion to one point five trillion in two years. Want to know how many seconds a trillion tri- is? Yes, let's see. Well, yes, please. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> but they already had. Billions. They had seven hundred billion. <laughs> okay, what is it, Chris? Okay. 
Yeah. A billion is 31 years. Mm-hmm. A trillion is 31,688 <laughs> years. Oh, my God. We haven't, as a human, as, as, yeah. as humankind, we haven't been. <laughs> no, we have. We have. 31,000? Like, sapiens. Yeah, oh, well, we, yeah, we yeah. showed up like okay. 75. Fine. It's, it's <laughs> humanity. You cannot take ago. a trillion second vacation. It's not possible. <laughs> Billion at the best. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so we're taking it off the board. We're left with human nature, a bot government, and lack of meaningful regulation. Oh, I think that goes into a bot government. What lack of so, meaningful regulation? Yeah, and I guess we we could still keep slavery and um, uh, exploitation of uh, Native Americans. Keep it on the board. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can consider it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, this is hard. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah you're. I do think that you can take off lack of meaningful regulation because it's not to blame. It's like I we think need it the regulation. A, it's being I, it's well, being rid of by the people in charge. Yeah. Okay, so it folds you know what I mean? Like government. people are yeah. trying to regulate, they're just thwarted at every turn. Here's what I think, and tell me what you guys think. I think we send a bot government to the alarmist jail and we slap human nature. Nope. I'm seeing a lot of no's. I'm getting I, it. This is not No, good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I to me it's like how do you I don't even like I mean I don't I just don't like either one. It's like human I I, I agree and I also human nature to me ugh. Human, it's really hard to judge human right. nature because what you're, we are all behaving in the system. So all we know is, and you know what we know is what we see, um, is is behavior within the system. So is it the system or is it us? Um, is I don't it know human that, self-interest? Then do we go do back we blame to that? capitalism for capitalism? <laughs> we could. Do I guess that that's, feels a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I redundant. What do you think, Jeffrey? Go ahead, Jeffrey. Uh, Yeah, I like Rebecca's idea of like circling back to self-interest, right? Because I think that like something that is interesting is like even if you look at groups of people who maybe have been like you know cut off from developed societies, or you know, this Mm -hmm. is a dumb example, but like what's the name of that book? Like Lord of the Flies or something. Where you have a group of people and they don't exist in like a crazy capitalist system, like we as humans always come back to this place of like, what do I want? What do I need? How do I further mm-hmm. my own self-interest? So I, I kind of feel like that's, I, I do too, and but it maybe it's just like, men. Maybe we just blame men. <laughs> that's it. We're done. It's yeah. men. Dudes. I mean, I don't white think it's, dudes. Is, <laughs> it is. It's like literally it, white it's men. It's all <laughs> I mean, it's not only, we got to be fair. Like, I think it's, I think men. No, no. I, we, <laughs> just now, <all> nowadays, <laughs> everyone's uh, jumped in <laughs> to the trend. I mean, when you look, um, but it was started. When you look back at history, it's been a lot of men in charge of of things, making decisions. Yeah. You know, and going you know when wars. when you think about like when you're investing money, everyone always talks about like di- diversifying your uh, portfolio. Portfolio, right? <laughs> we 
and and that's you know and i really believe that it's so important to diversify like a company right you get so many different opinions you know different genders races um everything you you, you want to diversify right you're going to in my in a perfect world that's how things would be run and we'd have like incredible companies or societies or whatever mm-hmm. it, um but that that did not happen in our life in our world in it's humanity. starting to and, and i think <laughs> now yeah. for a little bit in <laughs> tiny pockets so maybe we blame I, I mean hear me out here um to be more specific than just to say human nature we say men men's competitive nature you know or, or men's like, man's dominant nature. traits you know like there 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 is like a the male dominant trait. Yeah, I don't the know. Competitive nature of human men. <laughs> yeah. I, the competitive. I, nope. Jeffrey I says nope. I'm gonna listen to this and be like, "Who is this dumbass woman?" Like no. I. No. Like, like dudes are terrible, but like I've met some really competitive, like cutthroat women. You know what sure. I mean? And like I think maybe we just haven't seen them as much because obviously we haven't had the same, you know, number of opportunities and because men know, have been holding them down. Exactly. Cause yeah. they've been like, let women other- be cutthroat and terrible too. Right. Come yeah, on. Let yeah. them reveal their, let them reveal their <laughs> competitive nature as well. Yeah. So, which to me then goes, goes back to self-interest. I guess. Uh Oh, well, human <laughs> self-interest. Look, we got it. We're running out of time. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a Bach government gets jail time, right? Be, I do think that if if we, if the government were able to get their shit together, well, we're, we're, especially when we're talking about America's like, yes. stage capital. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, this is yeah. America's your brand. Yep. This uh-huh, is uh-huh. The Although I do feel like you can even in other countries and other systems, like the government can still be bought. It doesn't have to be. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, okay. In this case, I'm going to call it. All right. I have to call it. So All wait, right. what do we? What is it? What's the slap? What's the title? What do you? I'm I'm gonna slap. Uh, it's gonna be a surprise. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Human self interest. You're getting the big slap. The Bach government. You're going to the alarmist jail. She merged self interest and human nature I to did. human self interest. I I wanted to. I like um, it. And there you have it. There we you have figured. It out capitalism at least for two days until we have a guest expert who tells us we're wrong (laughs) (laughs) jeffrey thank you so much for joining us today we've had such a depressing time with you yeah thanks for having me this was like this was a great time this is i'm gonna spread this love to my grandmother and bring her down with this yeah Yeah. (laughs) go out and buy something In the aftermath, after capitalism was swiftly and globally abolished, the people of the world came together to form a group-oriented economic system. Through diplomacy and compromise, the new system fostered a community spirit that was inclusive, prioritizing compassion and embodying equality in its purest form. Just kidding. But a girl can dream, right? 
Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Mike Tyson earbite. Powered by ACAST.